Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. This is the third in a series of five podcasts dealing with the Veterans Treatment Court Program here in Hillsborough County, Florida. For this podcast, host Bill Hodges talks with Julianne Holt, public defender for the 13th Judicial District in Hillsborough County. This podcast highlights the responsibilities of the public defender's office as it relates to the Veterans Treatment Court process. We hope that if a program of this nature is not in your area, you will bring this podcast to the attention of those with the power to institute it. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And we've got a whole series going right now on the Veterans Treatment Court and all the people that make this court successful, and it is wildly successful, such that Congressman Malarikas and Congressman Chris, both bilaterally together, went to Congress and got this pushed through as the national program. And what we have here in Hillsborough County is really a model for everything happening across the United States. One of the people most important in this whole program is the lady we're going to talk to today, Julie Holt, who's the public defender for Hillsborough County. So happy to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much, Bill, for having me on. I'm uh, always looking forward to, to chatting with you and catching up uh, both with your life and mine also. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I'd like to do right off the bat is because every time we see a movie, we see a sitcom or whatever, they bring up the public defender's office. And it's a bunch of people who don't want to be there, don't care about being there, are underfunded, overworked. And although overwork may apply to your people, it's not an easy job. One of my friends who was in Cincinnati worked in that office for years up there. And he said, can you imagine starting every Monday morning in the drunk tank? You know, it's it's interesting because I think most people don't really realize that here in the state of Florida, the way that our system has been set up, Literally, the the state attorney's office, the public defender's office, and a judge is literally in first appearance court every single day of an entire year, including holidays, weekends. Really? Uh, The only time that that this court does not exist, if there is some type of emergency, such as a hurricane has hit, and, and we're not able to get into the court system. But now that we've learned so much about remote uh, working, as you know, over the last couple of years, uh, I think that even during an emergency uh, in the future, I think we'll be able to conduct this court remotely, even during the, the, the most emergent circumstances, which is great because those individuals that are arrested the night before, 
come before the court and have an opportunity to be released uh, under many circumstances. So hopefully they wouldn't have to sit in jail for that additional time period. So a lot of people think it's just an eight to five, five days a week job, and it isn't. It's every every single day. I have uh, lawyers that are in the courtroom uh, every Saturday and every Sunday. They're at the jail obtaining information from our clients that we're about to be appointed to. Uh, and that is something that uh, we've done the entire 30 years that I've been the public defender. And you have a very large office, correct? I do. I have about 180 employees right now. We have a a few vacancies during this COVID time period. We've had some vacancies that have developed, but it's a large office and uh, we handle about 50 to 55,000 cases a year. Anything from a no valid driver's license all the way up to the death penalty case and a homicide case. How did you first get involved with the Veterans Treatment Court? You know, one of the things that becomes clear if you're fortunate enough to be either a public defender or a judge or a state attorney is that you see uh, certain patterns and certain trends that start to develop. And uh, probably a good, by now, probably about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we started to realize that we had a lot of individuals that were veterans that were coming into our misdemeanor courts charged with drug offenses or DUI offenses, drinking offenses. And also you realize that in the felony cases, uh, there were a lot of individuals uh, that were veterans that were suffering from PTSD, for instance. And when you start to see that pattern and that trend, we knew, number one, there had to be a correlation between serving under the circumstances that, that those individuals had served. And then this behavior that had developed. And what was unique about this bill is that you're not hearing it from your client. You're hearing it from your client's family and friends that they came back a changed person. Yes. And so once we realized that, we, uh, we'd had a, a problem-solving court here in, in Hillsborough County for a long time involving uh, drug court and both for juveniles and adults. And we thought it was a, a, a good opportunity to say, we need to do something different with our veterans. And so we were fortunate that, that the legislature opened an, a door for us statutorily. And we had a chief judge at the time that was very, very supportive of problem solving courts. And we had people like Richard Weiss, our judge, Greg Holder. They had some very strong feelings. Wonderful about- people. They had and they had some strong feelings about the military. And at the time, I certainly was very supportive because this was going to give us an opportunity to really put individuals into a silo, really, where they would get individualized attention, not just from me, but from everybody, from the entire team. And we knew that that would be the most effective way to help our veterans that had served us well, served this country well. And Yes, at the end of the day, their charges would be dismissed, but that wasn't the driving factor. The driving factor was if you truly want to change someone's life and say thank you for that, which they have sacrificed for you, this had to be the path we had to take. You know, I had a friend who did seven tours in the Far East or in the Middle East, whichever you want to call it. That was tough. And he and I talked. And he said, the thing that people don't realize, unlike World War II, where you went into the battle, you stayed there. We were coming home and we'd spend a year at home, a year over there, a year at home, a year over there. And when we came home, we had become used to looking at every trash can as a potential bomb, every child carrying a doll as a potential threat. And we got home 
And all of a sudden people said, why are you worried about the trash can? Most of them didn't even know where Afghanistan was or Syria or any other place our troops went. And they didn't really think about us being at war. And these guys were expected to transition from one war to another daily on a move, on an airplane flight. Well, and you know, Bill, because you yourself have had the experience, it's something that you can certainly, you know, understand and appreciate. It wasn't until I, I had um, Mike Shanti, who, as you know, uh, is oh, now our one judge. Of my heroes. Mike Shanti and I, you know, I knew his, his dad uh, from when I was growing up. His dad was involved in, in the education system. And so I, I knew him. And as a result of that, I knew Mike. And when Mike went on his tours, I would tell him, hey, just give me a call every so often. And at the same time he was making the call, I had another friend, a colleague, a, a teaching colleague by the name of Lisa Nucci. And, and it was interesting because I said, give me a call. And until that time, I would hear, obviously, things flying through the air. You, you and I both know right. what that is, missiles flying through the air while you're on the phone with them. That's as close as I've ever gotten to hearing and feeling something like that. And if, and if you've ever had the personal experience or something such as that, it isn't hard to make that leap to know you've got to be affected. No matter how strong of a person you are, uh, no matter how much resilience you have, those memories, those sounds, they don't go away. No. And, uh, and you, you're right. Things are going to trigger that in your future. And, and so when I watch the, the Veterans Treatment Court, under all three of the judges that we've had, by the way, it is very clear that their passion for these individuals, their compassion for the situations that they have, have seen and, and heard and felt, and their empathy for the ultimate sacrifice that they've made and how, how can we help you now? Um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful experience to, to watch. Oh, I cried when I went to a graduation. I, I went down to Judge Shante's court and sat through a graduation, and it was it was moving. It was life changing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, because I Representative Kathy Castor came into uh, one of the graduations one time, and she she leaned over to me and she says, "Do you come to these often?" And I said, "Every time I have the opportunity to to come to one, and I do." I said because Kathy, it's 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 something where you really see that you've made a difference in someone's life and they are so grateful to have their life back. And yet they know that there's still going to be challenges in the future, but they feel like they've created new relationships and new friendships that they can depend upon. And, and to me, you can't always depend on government, but you create real life friendships and those friendships go on forever. As you know, the mentorship program in that courtroom is Some outstanding. Of the DJ Rias is a good friend. Jim Fletcher. I, I just, Jim Fletcher is one of my all time heroes. I really, and I, I won't go on to name all the people in that mentor group that are just outstanding people, but that's got to be one of the strong points to work with. It is so strong and has worked so well that we then now have started implementing that into our juvenile uh, courts. Uh, with some of these young individuals that are finding themselves in this juvenile justice system, we realize that that program can work so well. And so we've partnered with uh, attorneys ad litem and with mentors in the faith-based arena, as well as in our community. And you can just see 
the difference that that relationship makes in that that child's life because they have an additional person who's wanting to make them successful. Let's talk about who's eligible from help from the uh, public defender's office. So from the standpoint of the public defender's office, we're appointed to anyone that the court and or the clerk feels is indigent. Uh, and and that what that means is they qualify from a financial standpoint. They don't have a private attorney and their charges are such that they're entitled by law to an attorney. So it could be a misdemeanor case. It can be a felony case. And then what I've done in that courtroom, I have two attorneys that are assigned there and I have a case manager that's assigned there. Their backups uh, are also uh, and, and these individuals, the case managers are all they all have a military background. And so they have a, a good understanding of the life and of the challenges. The lawyers, one thing that Judge Shanti tells me all the time, he's so grateful that I have con- continuity with the attorneys in there. I don't, I don't rotate people in and out. I've found the right people that have the right heart for this work. Uh, and, and they do a wonderful job advocating on behalf of our clients. And, and I'm very grateful that we have a, a chief judge and a court administrator here that We've developed a, a good evaluation tool so that we can individualize the intervention and the services and the treatment for each of these veterans that we are representing. So it's a targeted, not only a targeted population, but it's targeted individualized uh, interventions. And then there's no doubt that our county provides us a lot of resources also when it comes to veterans in terms of housing, in terms of medications, because not everything is readily available sometimes, as you know, at the VA. So we have found alternatives. Well, some of these people aren't eligible for VA because they got bounced without, well, without properly being looked at carefully. Correct. And the other thing, of course, and having spoken to our sheriff, as you have, his progressive thoughtfulness and his ability to create a, a veteran's pod where he also provides while they're in custody, the interventions and the services, you really have continuity of treatment and continuity of interventions from the front end. So you can really see a concerted effort here in in Hillsborough County to ensure that our veterans are taken care of as quickly as possible and as deeply as they may need it. So it's not a superficial court in any fashion whatsoever. No. It's, It's very much intended to really, when you graduate from that court, you should be able to at least have a good grasp on where your life can be going after this. I think what you've all done with the sheriff, with Prosecutor Warren, with yourself and what Judge Shante, your recidivism rate out of that court is under 10%. The average recidivism rate, I understand, in Florida is somewhere around 37 to 70, depending on the court. So obviously what you are doing is working. My guest today is Julianne Holt. She's the public defender for Judicial District 13 here in Florida. And I wanna thank you so much for being with us. So many more questions I'd like to ask, but we'll have you back. I appreciate that very much. Bill, you take care and have have a great summer. We'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you again very soon on Veterans Corner Radio. 
You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.